Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the Foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. And welcome back to another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. DJ and Kelsey with you here today. We are approaching the NBA draft really late in the year, but we're approaching it. And it's coming up pretty quickly. You know, there's a couple guys happening. Uh, they just opened free NBA free agency, so a lot of things going on right now. And we're kind of taking a break from the NFL talk just because, well, if you guys missed it, we are on an NFL Unhinged Sunday on every Sunday. So t- be sure to check that out. But, DJ, NBA free agency just opened up. What do you think of it so far? So far, not as active as uh, the last couple of years. Not too much. Not like last year, where it was a thousand people moving, superstars teaming up all over the place, duos on duos on duos. This year seems a little bit more relaxed so far. Just a few more, few more trades here and there. Nothing too dramatic yet. Okay. What do I, the, What's your opinions on the Chris Paul ending up in Phoenix? I mean, that's a. Some might say a huge trade for Phoenix. Uh, it's. A good trade. It's a great for Phoenix, but it's not. I don't compare it to Kevin Durant changing teams or Kawhi Leonard changing teams or Anthony Davis switching teams. Not quite on that level, but I like Chris Paul. It gives a true point guard, an actual point point guard, a pure leader to 
DeAndre Ayton and future MVP Devin Booker. Capitalize on that 7-0 and momentum they had in the bubble last year, too. Now you get a guy who was equally on a full ride last year, basically, what he did with that Oklahoma City team. He could do the same thing in Phoenix and even better there. I'm not going to say they're a sure playoff team because, well, they haven't been in the playoffs since the rapture, and we <laughs> haven't seen basically how they will play with Chris Paul. But I think they're they're the most likely team to jump up to like the six seed, something like that, kind of like what the Mavericks just did with Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis. I think the Suns are most likely to do that next year. Definitely. I definitely agree with you. I mean, you look at everything, everything surrounding what Chris Paul comes into. You know, you have DeAndre Ayton. Can he continue to play well? Um, you know, D-Book, well, are unanimous. <laughs> are unanimous bubble regular season, whatever, finish of the season player of the well, maybe not unanimous, but he was up there. He's pretty much unanimous top three. Yeah. So, I mean, he's he's playing outstanding. He's really kind of the, you know, to coin your phrase, next man up, if you will. Um, he's been there, been ready for it. We all wanted him to take that step, and he took it in the bubble. So, Hell, he's reasonably took, taken it in the regular season, but it's hard when you're winning 11 games to really count as taking it. Yeah, I mean, you can do it in losses. So, And this is one thing Chris Paul brings, the mindset of winning. That dude will die on the court if it means he gets to win a game. He will punch you in the nuts if it means getting a one-point advantage. Like, he will do whatever is needed, sometimes for better, other times for worse. So. Absolutely. And, and, you know, it kills my Kings' hopes of probably making that eight seed So it, with Chris Paul coming in. So that kind of hurts me. But I love Chris Paul. I love Devin Booker. I'm glad to see them together. It's kind of that guy that, that Chris Paul has always wanted to have next to him with that just a knockdown drain, drainer feeder. And a guy who did because he did kind of have it with James Harden, but at the same time, Devin Booker doesn't need to have the ball. He could kind of he can do the Clay Thompson role of catch and shoot, take a dribble here, or there, spot up. Like he moves without the ball really well, so he doesn't need the ball to still get twenty. And you don't have to worry about all that defense from uh, Devin Booker. He's not the best defender, but he does put forth a little effort here and there. Like he's he has gotten a little bit better with his defense in the last year or year or so. Like I like Booker. Like I said, I, I think he's a future MVP quality player. I think he has an MVP in his future too. Definitely, definitely. And then the other big trade, well, trades, I guess I should say, Milwaukee Bucks getting Drew Holiday and then a sign-in trade with the Kings for Bogdan Bogdanovich. Giving up a Kings ransom for it, ironically with Kings, but what do you think of it? Do you think do you think it's something that makes the Bucks even better or? They're better than they were before the trades. I love Drew Holiday. He's Since he was in Philadelphia playing with Andre Iguodala, I think he's a fantastic combo guard. He's a big point guard, a smallish two guard. He can do a little bit of everything. Fantastic defense, good shooter, can run the offense. But like you said, that was a lot they gave up for him, including I think it was three first-round picks, among other things. Drew Holiday is awesome, and he makes them better. He's way better than George Hill. He's way better than Eric Bledsoe. But I don't know if he really gets you necessarily over the hump. I mean... They do have probably the best starting five in the East now when you add in Bogdanovich plus him, and then you still have Giannis and Middleton and Brooke Lopez. But their depth kind of took a shot, which was kind of their strong point, the quote-unquote strength in numbers like the Warriors kind of did in their early run. That's kind of what the Bucks have been doing the last couple of years. So I think they're really nice, but I still think they're going to have trouble with teams like the Nets, the Heat. We'll see how they go. I think Drew, I do like Drew. They are a better team. I just don't know if it's enough better. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and, you know, you mentioned them losing assets. They also lost Dante DiVincenzo to the Kings, which is a young piece. He hadn't been doing a whole lot, but he did enough coming off the bench to be a guy that, you know, you kind of had to worry about coming in the future. Like, he was starting to step into his own role. And, uh, you know, you kind of just look at it and like, well, crap. You just lost an, a, a piece you, you spent a high pick on, by the way, from Villanova. And, you know, you thought he was going to be pretty good and help out with Bledsoe and help out with – you know 
George Hill, and now you now you lose that guy. You lose George Hill. You lose Eric Bledsoe. Those two veterans, and now you're just sitting here looking at it like, well, okay, you guys assured yourself that you're going to have Giannis, hopefully, but if he resigns. But Giannis is probably looking at that like, well, okay, cool. I got cool two new dudes to play. You know, the, the first five minutes of the game with, but what about the rest of the game, like the last 35 minutes? And if they don't work out, you're in a weird position where you can't really change a whole lot again, which I like the team, and I think they're – it's tough because I don't know what the Nets are going to look like either. I, I don't know what the Heat are going to look like off that miraculous run. I don't know what the Celtics are going to – well, the Celtics probably look honestly the same. They're the one that make. Yeah. But, like, the Heat and the Nets, I don't know what we're going to get from them. So it kind of makes it hard to – go anywhere with the Bucks because like losing to the Raptors was kind of a oh well they're really good and they ended up winning the title so but we were kind of surprised to see them up 2-0 lose to the Raptors then last year against the Heat made me a little bit of money but like I don't <laughs> think anyone really saw the Heat winning necessarily if they did it was kind of a fly like oh the Heat have a chance but we'll see it wasn't like oh they will beat them I guarantee it there's no Joe Namus over it yeah no definitely and and you did you did mention the Nets which we do have to get to before we move on uh, they are in talks to possibly be in in talks with Houston for James Harden, which, given everything that the Rockets have done for James Harden, bringing him into a star in the league and putting many many different pieces around him year after year, including Russ. What do you what do you think of this move? Do you think it's actually going to happen? Do you think it's just speculation? It depends. I mean, James Harden has put on his, on his social media page like it's cap, or he tweeted a video of a cap so take that with like a bottle cap so take it with that what you will but i where there's smoke there's fire so there's something going on there and there's talks about westbrook wanting the quote-unquote be the man again instead of being in james harden's sidekick which nobody really wants to be james harden's sidekick when he pounds the heck out of the ball for 26 <laughs> and a half seconds of a 24 second shot clock but i don't obviously the nets would have the best firepower we've probably ever seen with those guys but i don't know how well they mesh together i don't know if it would work like, any one of those guys can go nuclear for 60 and 10 any given second. But what do they do on a night-in and night-out basis? Like, Kevin Durant's going to – he could average 30 easily on 50% shooting. He's the best scorer we've seen probably since Kobe, honestly, and probably a top-five scorer ever if you – when we break it down when it's all said and done. Yeah. Kyrie is a walking bucket sometimes. When he's feeling it, he's feeling himself. He will dance and one street ball on everybody. He'll dance on five <laughs> people if he wants it. Yeah, And, well, we just talked about James Harden in Houston. That's kind of his game is scoring the ball, controlling the ball. So I don't know how well the offense will work and what do you have to give up to get him to. That's a big thing. Yeah, definitely. And you know, you're exactly right. I, you question a lot of what what will happen if he actually does go to the Nets. Do we see Kyrie revert to the Kyrie that we saw with LeBron where he's able to play off ball? Uh, doesn't like it. I mean, that was the whole reason Kyrie even went to Boston was to be that guy again. Well, he left Boston to go – to the nets to join another guy and we're back in the same circle here so we haven't seen Kyrie play with katie we haven't seen Kyrie and katie play with anybody else big name yet we haven't seen katie play since his achilles exploded yeah so we've seen now we have seen katie play with superstars and we've seen what he does with superstars and it, he just kind of takes over anyways i say when that warriors seen those superstars are different cut from different cloth than a lot of these other superstars though that's a different and it's a different system too where everybody eats especially shooters and kevin durant's gonna get his no matter what you do he's that good yeah the question is does everyone else get to eat with kevin durant yeah that's true and that'll be the question i mean you have Kyrie, you have katie and for all intents and purposes if they get james harden oh boy 
and who plays the point guard? Does James play the point guard? And is he the one you want in charge? Is he the one you have in charge of distributing the ball since he's the one who can average so many assists? But it's not the same Mike D'Antoni offense, even though he is an assistant coach there. So maybe it will be. Yeah. If that's the case, are Kyrie and Kevin Durant cool with sitting and just kind of waiting for the ball? So that's part of the reason Kevin left Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Does James Arden completely cut his style back where he's a catch and shoot guy coming off screens to get his points, but otherwise is dishing? Is he cool with averaging 20 and 10, 20 and 11, as opposed to 35 and 8? Can Kyrie work with that too? I don't know. Kevin's going to be fine if he's healthy. We already. Kevin gets his regardless. Yeah, the problem, Kevin's going to be the number one, I think, unanimously. He's the top three player in the league when he's healthy. I mean, yeah. like, the question is getting him the ball. Like, when he's 15 of 20 shooting for 30 points in the fourth quarter and it's a close game and someone else is taking those shots, you're not running plays through Kevin, that's when I could – I think that's part of the reason he left OKC was they had okay, – Russell would come down the court with the ball when in that situation and Russell would take the shot or run the ball and give it to Kevin in a bad spot. It's like, oh, okay, thanks. Not give it to me when I'm isolated on J.J. Barea. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. You know, I do. I do think if if Harden does make this move, with Steve Nash being the coach, you mentioned D'Antoni. I, I, you know, that's interesting that he goes back to D'Antoni's a D'Antoni coach team, even though it's in a assistant role. Steve Nash being the head coach, you kind of look at this, and maybe Steve Nash talks him into going back to playing the way that third wheel type role he played in OKC. Not not so much the off the bench version of it, but when he was coming up, you know, starting in the play in the finals as. And, well, not the final, but you get my point. Start, Basically, like you know, he was a six man, but with a bigger role. Slightly. Exactly. So he's playing, still playing thirty five minutes a game, but he's playing that off ball, catch and shoot, dribble up, pass off, start the offense type of role, not dribble up, shoot a sh- immediate three, and then run back and not play defense. Basically, he gives them an option to bring the ball up the court when Kyrie's getting a play set up for him to get. Like it can work. I'm just I'm skeptical when two two guys that are more or less ball dominant players. And the best scorer in the NBA, quite possibly, we've seen in a long time, if not right now as it is, too. How do they mesh? And what are you going to have to give up to get them? Like, you're going to have to give up all of your depth, probably. I mean, like, you're going to have to give up everybody. Just yeah. everybody. I mean, it's going to be those three, and then what me and you can maybe suit up as other two <laughs> just to hang out on the court. Yeah, and, you know, speaking of what they might have to give up, some of all these young players they have. Um, you know, it does lead us into our next topic, though. The draft coming up. Well, it would have just just happened from when the recording is done. So we just just happened on Wednesday. We don't have the results. Obviously, we're recording this just before the draft. But you look at the draft. Guys like Lamelo Ball. Um, you got a kid out of Georgia whose name I literally just blanked on, and I feel like an idiot for it. And then you got James Wiseman, Anthony Edwards is a kid out of Georgia. Um, Obi Toppin. You know, guys like this that, that are coming out in the top five, and you're just kind of like, huh, what's going to happen to him? So, that brings us to our topic of the day, topic of the episode, NBA's biggest busts. Oh, boy. Yeah. Way to talk about that after I put up these future guys, and then suddenly we talk about where it could go wrong. Exactly. You know, we we, we think of guys, we think of of all these great players that we just talked about, KD, you know, Steve Nash back when he was drafted in his, what, second round, if I'm not mistaken? No, he's a first-rounder. First-rounder? Okay. But And then Chris Paul, LeBron James. You know, you have all these huge names, but people tend to forget about some of these other guys drafted in there. Depending on what team you're a fan of, necessarily. Exactly. Sometimes if it's your team that makes the pick, you never forget. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Uh, I know I, I'm still holding on to Jimmer. Uh, still still wish Jimmer, Jimmer had panned out more. I wish the, that the Kings had given him more of an opportunity. You know, but, hey, I digress. Uh, but there are guys, you know, you, you sit there and think of down the list. Uh, Anthony Bennett, 
uh, Greg Oden, at least off the top of my head, those are two of the more recent ones. Um, DJ, what do you think? What do you think happens in the, with these busts when they when they come out in the top five, top ten? One thing I will say is you mentioned a few of the guys coming out too. One guy you didn't mention was Tyrese Halliburton. He's the guard out of Iowa State. I think he's going to be the quote unquote sleeper lottery pick that ends up showing up and showing out a little bit more than people expect. Maybe similar to what Donovan Mitchell did, where everyone's like, "Oh, he'll be good. He's a lottery pick." But then it's like, "Oh, yeah, he's real good." Yeah. I can see Tyrese Halliburton being kind of similar in like the, "Oh, he's a really good. He's a top ten player." Oh. Yeah, he's a rookie of the year candidate real quick. Yeah, I don't think we'll see him on a future one of these lists. I have highly, highly, highly doubt it. <laughs> but so what do you think? Uh, what, I mean, since we talked about what, what happens, you know, with Halliburton, Donovan Mitchell type guys coming out. What do you think happens with these busts? Like, before we get into our picks for worst overall busts, but what do you think happens? What do you think goes through these guys' mind that makes them not transition basketball to basketball? I think part of it is I think some plenty of players have said it before a lot of them just don't know how to play basketball too. There's obviously the injury bugs for some of them like Greg Oden. There's not, not much he could do when his knees explode. Mm-hmm. Brandon Roy, unfortunately, not calling him a bust, but his career cut way short because of your knees. Like, yeah. Fortunately, basketball players and knees do not go together very well. Not like they should, at least. And um, ankles, God no for ankles. No, that is exactly right. Yeah, the the injuries are probably the worst. I know. Looking at some of these guys, you, you mentioned not being able to play basketball. We've seen it on if anybody's listened to the shop with LeBron. Uh, you know, you have one of the greatest players in the world talking about, yeah, young kids don't know how to play. And he's talking about it with a couple other guys. Draymond Green was in that episode, a couple other basketball players in that episode. And they're just like, yeah, they don't know how to – like there are players in this league that are good players that don't know how to play basketball. They're tall and athletic and can just basically crash the boards and dunk over people or play really good defense because they're so long and athletic. But they don't know how to get into a stance, slide, rotate – stay in their zone, switch. They don't know how to run an offense, set a pick and pop where your spacing's supposed to be, pass the ball. There's a lot more to it, which is why you see guys like Luka Doncic, who are tall and very moderately to not athletic whatsoever. <laughs> but can don't, don't tell Luka that. I think Luka would dunk on both of us if given the opportunity. Depends how far away he's jumping from. <laughs> but at the same time, he's not necessarily what you consider a quintessential athlete by compared to a lot of these other NBA players. I mean, he's not jumping over anybody or jumping through anybody. But, man, oh, man, can he play. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's it's funny to see, like, the, you, you mentioned the athletes versus the, oh, well, they don't look that athletic type guys. Like, you see these freak athletes. Like, let's say Jamario Moon, for example. A dude that was an absolute freak of nature jumping out of the gym. Um, you know, he came from Columbus, Georgia, and the dude was supposed to be the next coming. Well, he was treated like it down there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was a – seventh piece in cleveland for lebron at the time and that was probably the peak of his career and that was a team where it was like god lebron's carrying all these fools exactly yeah Yeah, he gets credited as being big z yeah big z big z i miss big z but no yeah so you you know you see freak athletes like that and then once they get to a certain point in their career where an injury hits it's just you immediately see where if they have the brain or they don't have the brain like sean livingston for example was able high, high draft pick some might have considered him a bust before the knee injuries. The knee injuries happened, and look what happened. He came back, carved out a role for himself as like a sixth, seventh man off the bench. To do. He wants some rings. I mean, yeah. he's walking away with rings. And and I think, too, like once you can't out-athlete people, what's plan B? We kind of talk about it with quarterbacks, too. Like the quarterbacks are so athletic and strong-arm that could just basically out-athlete and out-strong-arm everybody. Then suddenly when you can't do that, it's like, oh, shoot. I don't know what that guy's doing. Where should I throw the ball? Ah, damn, I'm sacked. Oh, great, my career's over. (laughs) Exactly. Or like Jamarcus Russell, the strongest arm ever, and then suddenly it doesn't matter when you're throwing it right at the other team. 
Exactly. Or you can't see a defense, or you're too fat to move because you can't stay off the lean. Depends on who you're talking about. But yeah. Oh, yeah, you know. Hey, something like that. <laughs> but no, all right. So let's go ahead and get into the meat of it. All right. What we're just going to, I'll just go ahead and give everybody a preface. They may have had a long career, but we can go ahead and guarantee and say these dudes did not deserve the pick they were given. Well, you sound like you have a guy in mind, so let's hear what you're going with. No, 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 no. I always let you go first. I want to keep tradition because I want to keep mine. Keep mine, keep mine, 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 mine a secret, just kind of like how he was treated before the draft. So, DJ, go ahead. You just sound really unconfident with your pick right now. I do. Right. I, I'm terrified right now. So, obviously, when we talk about busts, the names that come to mind, obviously, Anthony Miller, Kwame Brown, plenty of guys along those lines, like Greg Oden. There's so many of them, but I'm going to go with a little bit of a unorthodox one that he would, probably would, he was a bust, but at the same time, he's not necessarily the worst player out of all those, but... His, that pick is going to have a pretty long ripple effect. I'm going with 2009, Hashim Thabit, taken number two overall by the Memphis Grizzlies. Hashim Thabit. Coming right out of UConn, seven foot three, I believe he was, an absolute a defensive force. They were talking about he doesn't have a very refined offensive game, but he is freakishly tall and has great defensive instincts, and he can learn enough offense to crash, get points in, in the flow of the game. The reason I picked this one, because, A, he averaged, like, two points a game his whole career. I mean, he should get that on free throws alone when you're that giant because people <laughs> accidentally foul you because you're massive. And you're literally throwing the ball down into the basket when you're that tall and you're shooting a free throw. I still don't understand how seven-footers can't hit a free throw. Like, you don't even need to stick your elbows out and swing to get the rebound because no one else is going to be able to reach your elbows anyway. No yeah. one's head is even at your elbow level, so you're fine. <laughs> but part of it is, so we all know the Grizzlies after that point were actually a pretty good team. I mean, Marcus All, Zebo, Mike Conley, Rudy Gay for a short time, they were a really good team after this. If they didn't have Hashim Thabit, you look at who they could have drafted in there. Obviously, Blake Griffin went number one, so that's not an option, but Steph Curry, a few picks later. Steph on that team with Marcus All, Zebo, Mike Conley? Oh, boy. And that's that destroys the Warriors dynasty, basically, too. Yeah. So that's one of the teams that kept Memphis out of it. DeMar DeRozan. Pair him with Mike Conley. With Talk about two. a grit and grind player. Exactly. I mean, they call themselves the Grindhouse. Then you add that in there, and I, and you have him and Rudy Gay on the wings flying for that short time before Rudy Gay got sent out. I'm not sure what happened with that, but yeah, injuries plus you know Tony Allen stepping up. That too, yeah. And Tony Allen, just another defensive force. And of course, the guy I picked right after touching the James Harden. We are we already talked <laughs> about James Harden enough. That James Harden with Mike Conley as his sidekick, who's doesn't need the ball nearly as much. Marcus Saul, Zebo, Rudy and that, Gay. That early James Harden too. Not the not the James Harden we know, but that early James Harden would have been perfect in that system. Exactly. That gives you just a whole different dynamic that they were kind of missing. Like they could never quite get over those teams. Like when they it, and they were really good. Twenty fifteen, the Warriors first run, they had the Warriors down two to one, then Mike Conley gets hurt because that's the year everyone the Warriors played got hurt. Yeah. But they could have easily gone to the finals that year. That other years they lost to the Spurs in close ones. They just always lost really close matchups. And I look in this draft, it's a pretty interesting draft as we go down, because everyone talks about Ricky Rubio and Johnny Flynn right before Steph Curry. Well, the, we have kind of know the Timberwolves' entire history is not quite being there. They're like the Browns of the NBA, honestly. Like Even when they have the players, something doesn't quite add up, it seems like. But other players in the draft that they could... Brandon Jennings, he carved out a pretty nice career. He could have been a good and fit there. Especially his rookie, of the, he was a rookie of the year that year. Actually, the rookie of the year that year was your boy Tyreek Evans. Too. What was? It? Oh, yep, Tyreek Tyree Evans on the, that team as the combo guard. I mean, yeah. and I'm only saying this because how good those Memphis Grizzly teams were and how they were just a few pieces away if they didn't screw up this Hashim Thabit pick. Even Gerald Henderson, not a bad pick at all. 
Drew Holiday. We talked about him already. The two multiple guys we talked about are on this list. Ty Lawson, even. Jeff Teague, Darren Collison, Damari Carroll. I mean, I know some of these guys are more role players. Jody Meeks, Patty Mills. But they could have they could have assisted a lot more than Hashim Thabit did yeah. on a team that was a perennial title contender. Just couldn't they couldn't quite get over those number one, number two teams. Yeah, but, they can get you. They can get you to the conference, almost to the conference finals. They can get you to the semis at least every single year, and they'd always run up against the Spurs. I remember a couple years the Mavericks one year. Uh, yeah, you mentioned the Warriors. Heck, they beat the Spurs one year to get there, but they beat the Clippers before too. Like they. They were really good. They just couldn't quite get over those top-tier teams because they are missing that extra piece that uh, James Harden or any of those guys could. The Warriors team, they were up 2-1 to one on. They don't have to worry about that Warriors team if they draft Steph Curry. Yeah, exactly. You know, you, you mentioned they, they played a lot of close games, and all they missed out on was a closer, really. I mean, you just named off, I think, about eight closers <laughs> on that list alone. Brandon Jennings, Steph Curry, Tyreek, you know, you name them. They, they all, James Harden, all closers. All of guys that we know of that can can and will happily close out a game. You pair them with Mike Conley and Marcus Gasol too, and even Zebo for a little bit there, and Rudy Gay. That's a hell of a starting five. And then you have Tony Allen, and just the grindhouse mentality. They were the way they were coached. Like they were literally just missing everybody else in this draft. It feels like, Definitely. and that flips history on its head going forward. Because let's say LeBron doesn't have to deal with those KD loaded Warriors. What does his legacy look like? Like this is a lot of what ifs. Obviously, just. Yeah. I think this is a more recent one where it's a big-time bust that has such a ripple effect. Obviously, all of them have ripple effects, but like this was one where this was a good team that was good almost immediately after the pick in spite of the pick. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of which, if I'm not mistaken, your pick is kind of similar scenario here, similar circumstances. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, we'll go ahead and get into it, I guess. I, very, very similar circumstances. Probably a even bigger draft, if you could think about it. Um, if even possible, you can call something a bigger draft, but... When you have arguably the GOAT and Carmelo Anthony, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade. And that's just your top four. That's, four that's just, top Yeah, five. that's just four of the top five that went. And, Speaking uh, of that fifth guy. That, that fifth guy, that, 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 uh, that, that Serbian of all people, the man who now owns an apple orchard. Um, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, no, you know, something like that. But Darko Militic, that's uh, that's my that's that's my bust because you sit here and look at this, the Detroit freaking Pistons, right at the middle of their dynasty, well the height of their dynasty, their potential dynasty, I should say, draft Darko Militic, thinking this dude who just won a gold medal with Serbia in the under 16s and has continued to perform on an international level like nobody's ever seen before is going to help fill out the role that we're about to get with our aging players moving forward. He's going to be the, since he's an apple farmer, he's about to be the core of our future, basically. Exactly. He will 100% be the core of the future of an aging Chauncey Billups, Ben Wallace, Gerald Wallace, Rip, Tayshawn Prince. He's going to be that guy that's going to carry us forward with Ben Gordon. That's going to be our dude. And, well, he didn't. Yeah, not so much. He what? Played... Five minutes total in their championship winning season in 2004. Like it, it was awful in the finals. He played maybe five minutes total, and it was in a washout role. Um, literally, the most I think I can think he's known for is the bleach bond tips and the looking way too fat when you played with the Timberwolves. 
and being the guy that wasn't LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, or yeah. Anthony. Think about this. If you you know, you mentioned how out the beat if he was if any of the guys drafted around him were drafted in his role. Could you imagine Chris Bosch going to this Pistons team? Honestly, imagine like Chris Bosch gives him another element with Ben Wallace, Tayshawn Prince. Imagine Dwayne Wade going on the team. Dwayne, that's what was my, that's my next one. The guy who won a title in two thousand six with a very very undermanned team, he would have the car. Well, I wouldn't say the carcasses, but aging bodies that were the Pistons at the time. They still were all there in two thousand six. The only one that had left, I think, was Rip. Nope, he was still there too. Okay, he was so, actually the leading scorer when they faced in that Eastern Conference Finals, which they lost to Dwayne Wade, and that really ruined the the franchise. So if you flip that and put Dwayne Wade, who made himself the Flash in that series, well, um, and sorry, Miami. <laughs> and that two thousand five season, the one where the Pistons beat them in seven games when Dwayne Wade got sick. Well, you take away Dwayne Wade, put him on that Pistons team that lost in seven games. I believe it was to the Spurs. I don't think they lose in seven games to the Spurs if you got Dwayne Wade, especially if you got young finals Dwayne Wade. I think we could chalk that up to back-to-back for the Pistons. Yeah, and then you also think about this. he they kept That Pistons team kept LeBron out of the playoffs one year, and then or the, out of the, the finals one year. And in 2007, the following year after Wade, is when LeBron had his freakish 45 of 48 or whatever it was, 25 of the last 26. Yeah, I don't think he's winning that series with Dwayne Wade on that team on top of it. LeBron still goes off, but Dwayne Wade's able to counteract a lot of that and considering how close it was without a Dwayne Wade, yeah, I think he's good enough to tilt that a little bit more back towards Detroit. Absolutely, and I think if if we did get a did get a Dwayne Wade in in uh, Detroit, you're sitting here looking at, well, what is LeBron's not in the finals nine out of ten years. He's and he, he might later on in his career since he probably doesn't go to Miami. Well, he might not because he doesn't go to Miami. He then. would he wouldn't go to Miami because he goes to Detroit. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I guess he could. Yeah, he could, could just ride ride right across the freaking road. To Detroit, um, you know, you have that, or maybe even Mello. Let's say Mello, the all, the probably one of the best ISO players to ever play the game. If Mello goes onto that team, who needed a big time scorer because they were a team that was very much a grind type mentality, you give them a thirty point a game guy, be like, yo, go get you some points. They, which they tried with AI, but that didn't work that at was, all. That was later too. Yeah, that was that was old man AI, and that's that was a bad AI. <laughs> But they tried it with Mello. Uh, if they have Mello in this situation, you're sitting here, 30 points a game, and he probably, you know, he plays efficient enough defense that he can be covered by all these guys. You have Tayshaun Prince to cover LeBron, so you're not worried about that. I do think they probably don't do quite as much. Like we listed with Dwayne Wade, they possibly go three in a row since Dwayne Wade's the only one who stopped him. I do think with Mello, they probably still win two or three titles. Probably, I don't know if they beat Wade that 2006 series. I don't know if Mello would have made a difference. That was the D Wade and kind of Shaq show anyway. Yeah. Mello would have. It's a toss-up, but, I mean, that Pistons dynasty lasts longer. The LeBron going off, Carmelo is the perfect type of game to complement that enough. It's like, all right, Carmelo, you just trade buckets with LeBron. We'll let LeBron kind of go off, but we won't quite let him go off too much. Yeah. And if he does start to go off, we, you will counteract it, which is what they needed in that series. Yeah. And then going forward, 2008, 2009, when Billups and all them were gone, they could reload around a, around a Carmelo, around a Dwayne Wade, even a Chris Bosh to a lesser extent, but still you could reload him. Be a playoff team. Be a force. Yeah. Unlike where they are now where they're like, what? Are you actually in the playoffs? Oh, never mind. You're toasted. We're fine. But things are back to normal. You're out of the playoffs after four games. Yeah, exactly. No, it's and, and it's crazy. I mean, we'll talk about a, an NBA-altering move. It, the, the franchise of Detroit is ages away from where it could have been had they picked anybody but Milicic. Pretty much, yeah. And right now they're just kind of the resting place of Blake Griffin at this point. Yeah. You know, Draymond – or not Draymond, but – um. 
Why can't I think of his name? Andre Drummond. Thank you. Andre Drummond is still there. No, he's in Cleveland even. They got rid of oh, him Oh, that's too. right. Yeah, they just left. Yeah, and he just resigned too, so he's going to be sticking in Cleveland for a bit. So then that leaves literally, yeah, Blake Griffin and Blake Griffin only. and Oh, yeah. Reggie Jackson. Nope, he's, in, he's with the Clippers now. Yeah, he so, is. So, yeah, right. literally it is just, just Blake Griffin. So think of, like, how the mighty have fallen. Because you mentioned Blake Griffin in your draft. That man goes to the Clippers, probably would never end up in Detroit because, well, they would never have a low enough pick to really ever get there. They'd have a lot of older college guys being drafted. They'd be much better position. And they probably would have been able to reload around a Melo or a Wade or any of those guys a lot more efficiently. Same with the Grizzlies, who kind of, they're starting to come back now with John Morant, but those last couple of years were rough with them. If they would have taken anyone but Hashim be really, yeah. there's a cornerstone that's still there. You're still, you probably don't get John Moran, which Grizzly fans today are like, no, I want Ja. I don't care about all those other guys. But you probably have a ring at some point during that time, maybe two, depending on if you get this recent Steph Curry or even this recent James Harden. I don't know if their growth would be stunted going to a place like that and playing in the grindhouse, but for all intensive purposes, let's just say they're still themselves. You probably got a couple of rings, if not one. You're already a really good playoff team, and you're probably these last couple of years instead of reloading and just like, uh, well, we'll reload, we won't, we'll retool, we're rebuilding, it's okay. You're probably like, hey, we're gonna have a dynamic duel. We're gonna take that one. I kind of want that one. I kind of want that one. <laughs> hey, uh, we don't have James Harden. We have Steph Curry. Hey, Houston, you want to send one over here? Last year when Kevin Durant's out there. Hey, Kevin, do you wanna you wanna come through? I know Memphis isn't exactly one of your destinations but uh come on yeah they're re- recruiting out the you know what jimmy butler when he's a free agent you can go down the list there's christoph sporzingis when they were talking about floating him around too so so yeah i think there would have been plenty of options if both of these teams would have just pick somebody a little bit better but you know what speaking of it the runner-up on my list since we're in the same situation trusting the process philadelphia 2015 you take jaleel okafor a slow traditional postman who I like his offensive game, but you have four centers. You have Nerlens Noel and Joel Embiid already on the roster, and you take you take a uh, Jaleel Okafor. You get Ben Simmons a couple years later. Like if you don't take Jaleel there, if you take just about anyone else, or like the guy that was taken right after him, Kristaps Porzingis. Let's look at that Sixers team the last couple years. Ben Simmons, Kristaps Porzingis, Joel Embiid. I'm I'm not playing them. Forget that. I'm gonna sit out that game, coach. Sorry, bud. Like I know they tried to kind of do that with Al Horford this year, like a true stretch four that can. But Al Horford's a stretch five when you put him at the four. He's a little bit. He's awkwardly sized and doesn't quite shoot enough. He's a stretch five by today's standards. He's a traditional four from back when he was drafted, but now he's a stretch five, in my opinion. Yeah. Kristaps is a seven foot stretch four that can also play center. You put him on pick and pops with him and Ben Simmons. Get Ben Simmons in the paint. Dump it to Joel Embiid. I think there's still ways you can run a traditional big man point guard offense if it's properly coached and you can defend the three decent enough. You don't have to be space and dash and slash and everybody drive and kick to the three-point line. I think they could make it work with Simmons and Embiid. They're, unfortunately, it's probably too late now. I think one of them's gone, but yeah. I think there would have been a way to make it work. And if you had a Kristaps Porzingis unicorn into that mix as your stretch four, <laughs> slash when Joel's hurt, you put him in as the five. He compliments Ben Simmons' game real nicely. He compliments Joel Embiid's game real nicely. When they had Robert Covington, J.J. Redick, and snipers around two defensive players. That's another one I, I kind of slid right into because we were talking about it. Kristaps was like, okay, this I'm going to my next runner-up, basically. <laughs> yeah. 
Because I think Philadelphia wanted D'Angelo Russell that draft because they didn't have Ben Simmons at the time. They were looking at what can we pair with Joel Embiid and New Orleans Noel. Yeah. But then when Jalil Okafor's right there, it's like, oh, well, we can't pass him up. Should have passed him up. You should have just said, like, no, we're not going to let Dark- the ghost of Darko's past stop us from taking Kristaps. And sure enough, the ghost of Darko's past stopped them from taking Kristaps. <laughs> and now two of the guys affected by the ghost of Darko's past, Luca and Kristaps, are now in Dallas. And Philadelphia looks like they're on the verge of redoing the process. Because it doesn't – I'm not sure if they're going to keep Ben and beat at this point. It seems like there's – there seems to be a lot of talk about trading one of them recently. Maybe it's just sports talk being sports talk, but usually if there's a little smoke, you can find some form of fire. Yeah, no, and, and you you know you talk about guys that are just shafted on some drafts too. Uh, I got my runner up here. We already said his name many times. <laughs> Anthony Bennett was oh, the. Here we go. <laughs> I look, I was looking at some low hanging fruit on this one because I'm like, it's so hard not to pick these dudes because they were so bad. I mean, we talk about Anthony Bennett being the surprise draft pick of the century, really, of the, you know, the decade for sure. Hell, Bill Simmons summarized it perfectly on the draft show. Whoa! We hear that on 2K like 3,000 times. Exactly. I mean, what, he finishes his career oh, at the time? I, I don't even know. He scored two points his entire rookie year. And case in point, he was drafted in 2013, and you already said he finishes his career. That's yeah, like, he's already gone down. And I guess overseas? Nope, still in the G League. Yeah, he was waived from the G League from the by the Houston Rockets team. So that goes to show you exactly what happened already in his career. Uh, we're talking about a team, a, a draft that we saw Victor Oladipo go to the Magic. That would have been a nice pick up there. Contavious Caldwell pulled to the previously mentioned Pistons. Another guy that would have played well with LeBron, as we just saw. CJ McCollum. Yeah, that would have been a nice fit with Kyrie and uh, when LeBron came back, and even Kevin Love if he did still do that trade too. Uh, let's not forget Rookie of the Year, Michael Carter-Williams. Yeah, I don't think that would fit as well, but he's better than Anthony Bennett. Yeah, at least would have got one good year out of him. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> Steven Adams. Oh, actually, LeBron would have traded Michael Carter-Williams and got more out of him. So, uh, Two-time MVP, Giannis. Two-time MVP, Giannis, and Defensive Player of the Year, Giannis. That, well, LeBron probably doesn't go. God, could you imagine that if LeBron still went back and Giannis developed under him with and Kyrie? Kyrie. <laughs> yeah, maybe Giannis isn't quite Giannis because he doesn't get the ball enough in that scenario. But fair enough. No, but I do think. I mean, even Giannis, as young Giannis, was still you could see the budding potential. So just have him crash the rim and LeBron throw oops all the time. Exactly. And let's not forget the man, the myth, the legend, the best defensive player in the league last year, Rudy Gobert. I boy, that's up for debate. Best defense player of the year, but he's, he's the only man to shut down the entire league. Just by touching something. To be fair, he touched a lot of something. <laughs> he touched a lot of something. You're right. But, but only man to shut down the entire league and turn it into a bubble. Biggest block of all time. <laughs> but, yeah, you, you you mentioned any one of these guys. Uh, you even said a couple of the other guys. Known as well. Ben McLemore, who's still playing, but he's not really that great by any means. Otto Porter Jr. Trey Burke would have been a good pick. Trey Burke. Kelly Olynyk, uh, Dennis Schroeder, who just signed with the Lakers. I mean... All these players could have been nice when LeBron ended up coming over to Denny's factor and Kyrie being there. If they still do the Kevin Love trade, which we, by all intents and purposes, will say they would. And then you, when they brought in Timothy Mozgov, J.R. Smith, like these are all guys that could play in that squad with LeBron. That when Kyrie's knee exploded against the Warriors, oh, would you look at that? We're just fine after all. Yeah, we're talking about a team that, let's say, let's say they don't take Giannis. Let's say they take C.J. McCollum. Yeah, they're fine. You're talking... A team with Kyrie, C.J. McCollum, LeBron, 
Kevin Love in your starting five. And insert a four, any four. Tristan Thompson, Timothy Mozgov, however you want to do it, it's <laughs> Whoever fine. Whoever you – Kendrick freaking Perkins for all I care. Yeah, let's not go that far. And I – well, okay, fair enough. <laughs> but we have the picture of the block on our wall. That block would have been three years running with the title. That would have been them blocking the rest of the league from getting rings. Exactly. Soon. I mean, it's it's insane I, of what could have happened to a team that – honestly, we all think LeBron kind of played the system to go to Miami – get some rings and come back. I don't know. We still, you know, whatever the reason is, he ended back up in Cleveland. It, it was better that he ended back up in Cleveland somehow. I will say, too, I don't think they lose that 2015 finals to the Warriors when Kyrie went down because you'd have C.J. McCollum, another guy that could get, it's not just LeBron score, scoring 36, 8 and, five, eight, and 8 or whatever it was that season. where he, That was probably his first announcement to, okay, I'm going to have the best final stats of all time. Look out. Exactly. And he basically has continued that since then. His stats in the finals have been ridiculous since then, for better and for worse. Yeah, and it's it's just crazy to look at. It. Even if they took Victor Oladipo, I mean, we're talking about one of the best two guards as well in the league. That would that'd be something else, too. He'd be a running mate that could lock up, too. Oh, I mean, literally, take your pick of – and this is hindsight. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Hindsight is the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, but yaddy, Anthony, yaddy, Bennett, yaddy. Anthony Bennett was uh, – that. this isn't even hindsight. We all kind of knew that was picked. We're like, what? Why? Yeah, like I'm. I'm remembers looking at his tapes and being like, "Why is this kid ever drafted?" Dude's a six foot eight ish, the power four that plays like a center that has a very limited game. Why are we doing this? Exactly, uh, dude. It was honestly I, it's worst pick I've ever seen. I mean, it, not it named Darko Milicic, really. And only the only reason Darko's higher is because Darko was in a much more star-studded draft, and like guys that were clearly ahead of Darko. In the maturation, in the playing process, in the mindset of the game, these dudes were all clearly ahead of Darko. Whereas, like for Anthony Bennett, we have there's still some juries out on some of these guys, but like right now, it's still looking like you're pretty clearly number two there, Anthony Bennett. Yeah, it's kind of looking like Anthony Bennett might have honestly his might be just as bad considering you look at how some of those other guys played out. Two time Giannis, like they've been they've been pretty loaded drafts with an absolute whiff right in the top two. It's kind of hilarious, honestly. Yeah. And when we just talked about revisionist history, if any one of those other guys is drafted, boy, oh, boy, is the title slash even the GOAT discussion possibly different, too? It's, it's crazy. I mean, uh, you know, just looking at his – I pulled up his stats just for some entertainment purposes. Uh, he averaged – the most minutes he averaged a game was 15.7 in his second year in Minnesota. He played 57 games, only started three. Uh, in his entire career, he started four. Surprised they gave him the chance to start four times. <laughs> so uh, he averaged one point, or sorry, one point seven field goals per game, four point two field goals attempted per game. That's atrocious. I could make more as a six foot three fat ass playing against LeBron than Anthony Bennett made as a six foot eight, really well in shape man. I guess a bunch of more six foot eighters. Yeah, I don't know about that now. I mean, he he was terrible by NBA standards, but by compared to your fat ass standards, it might be a different. It might be different, but I get what you're getting at when you're that. Everything points to you being able to average eight points a game, and it's not, couldn't even quite get there. Like how how do you average four point four a game? It's mind blowing to me. And how come you can't get boards if anything else? Too? Like you got to be able to get boards with that kind of build. Too. You're known as a freakish athlete coming out of college. Okay, what freakish athlete can't jump more than 24 inches in the air? If you, That's like my bare minimum for being a freakish athlete. Like you just have to jump two feet in the air. 
which if you're an NBA player, you can't jump two feet in there. We have a different problem here. Unless you're seven foot six or something, unless you're yeah. one of that super freakishly tall people, but like, this is crazy. I, I like I just I'm I'm mind blown looking at this. It still bothers me. And again, the only reason I didn't pick him is because when you look at the two drafts, it, it's it's so hard to not pick a guy who is drafted in between a goat and in between three more guys who are Hall of Fame assured. Look at people, a top two player of all time, a. a Multiple-time champion with Chris Bosh and a potential MVP candidate multiple years. Multiple-time scoring champion with Carmelo. Top three, two-guard of all time in Dwayne Wade. Maybe the best American international player we've ever had in Carmelo as well. Oh, like playing in it. Oh, yeah, like playing Olymp- international. Sorry, yeah. yeah. I got you. Like, so Olympics, basically, yeah. Yeah. And then there's Darko. <laughs> yeah, and then there's Darko. <laughs> okay. An apple farmer amongst goats. Yeah. Ironic. <laughs> yeah, that's not very sweet. <laughs> but no, I just, it's crazy, man. I, you know, we we see all these these other picks. I, I mean, some other guys that you can think of, DJ. What are what are some of these other guys you got? Oh, that's a long list. Considering <laughs> how the NBA drafts kind of work, they're a lot different than the NFL drafts. Considering there's only like four, to, there's like four guys that are like, oh, okay, that's really good. That's a starting five. Then there's a bunch of bench guys. Most NBA drafts don't aren't very deep when you look at them. It's kind of it's kind of goofy. You don't see as many second-round gems. Like, there's not very many Manu Ginobili's. Or, actually, they all play for the Spurs, basically. But you don't find a lot of guys in the second round that are like, oh, okay, yeah, there's our starter. Yeah. Got, they kind of surprise you. Like, oh, no idea where Tyler Hero came from. Even Tyler Hero is a first-round pick. That's my point in case in point. Yeah. Kendrick, Kendrick Nunn. Like, you don't see a lot of guys like that that pop up out of nowhere. No, for sure. So, what? I guess, let's, let's narrow it down for you, then. What are What is a draft pick that you think most people think is a bust, but in your opinion, maybe... Not as bad as people think. I'm going to go with Greg Oden just because he was the guy to take. He he absolutely sh- was a star at Ohio State. Him and Mike Conley, like, they were the prohibitive favor until they ran to that Florida team without Horford and squad that was just on a mission. And even then, it's not like he didn't show up against those guys. That, that Florida team was just that good. Greg Oden in the league, if his knees cooperated even remotely, I think he's still playing in the league as a starting caliber center. Maybe not starting it. They know it has been about 14, 13 years since he was drafted. But case in point, I don't think he was like Kwame Brown or Anthony Bennett where it's like, what? What, hmm. what are you doing? That, that sort of thing. So I think he could have been a really good player if his body cooperated. He was kind of like Brandon Roy. Sorry, Trailblazer fans. I'm really going. I'm really hammering you with these players. I'm sorry. <laughs> Look, like, the Blazers, I think we could make a whole list of Blazers that pan, did not pan out because of injury. Pretty much, yeah. It'd be easier just to say players that did pan out. Dame Lillard, Clyde Drexler. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, like, as I was saying, like, I think if Greg Oden stays healthy, he's a very quality, competent. He's obviously not Kevin Durant, who was taken right after him. That's kind of the problem is when you see a top five scorer of all time right after him. But I still think Greg Oden wasn't quite as bad as people think. Comparing him to the Kwame Browns, the Darkos, those kind of guys, his was more of an injury problem with his knees. So I'm going to stick with Greg Oden even though – yeah, he still kind of falls under the bus category. Yeah, I I understand that. The, my, for me, it's 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 good old Jay Will, Jay Williams, Duke guard, um, literally purely down to injury. The reason why he could never return to the league. I mean, he's a Duke superstar. I mean, absolutely, like, he was the the next coming for a Duke player. Basically, the next Grant Hill, you know, yeah. if you will. Um, you know, he had a terrible motorcycle accident, severed a, a artery in his leg. Tried to return, which kudos, yeah, yeah, bravo yeah. to you for trying to return, man. Like, uh, 
Yeah, it just wasn't there. But you hear him every day when they talk NBA, and you hear his voice, and you see his knowledge of the game, and you're just like, God, could you imagine that in 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 in, in what he was doing, not just at Duke, but in, in what he could have done for the Bulls organization? Like it would have been fantastic, um, but you know he had the brain for it. You know he had the athletic ability. He wasn't one of those guys we talked about earlier that was just all jumping, all vertical. Like he's from what we've seen, especially when he's on NBA TV and that's when he knows how to play the game. And you know we understood it back then too. Like he was a yeah. guy that was cerebral and athletic. Look, one of one of Coach Krzyzewski's art named best players that he's ever coached, and that's that's something. When when Coach K comes out and says he's one of the best players I've ever coached. Oh, okay. Hold on, coach. You're talking about in the Olympics. You're talking about in college. Like he's one of the best players he's ever coached. And and Jay will, I think, is kind of the same same vein as Odin, just more much much brainier, I guess, on the court. He's very much a coach on the court. And I think his injury kind of killed his career before it started. Where Odin's kind of started, his just couldn't quite take off. But at least got to the runway. Jay William, Jay Wills couldn't even get out of the garage, basically, unfortunately. Yeah. So he ended his career, fifty four games started and that's what he that's what he ended his career with which for a guy coming out of duke all the touted prospects unfortunately that kind of puts you in this bus bubble uh, most places have him ranked in the top five top ten for all-time bus but you're just like the dude had an accident it's an accident that anybody can have just by walking out of their house well, i mean you have it without even getting out of your house the way some random planes and stuff crash into houses these days but exactly it's crazy to see um all these guys that are just such amazing athletes that maybe just don't get it clicking um it's funny as we talked about different busts for different reasons like the guys then there's guys that know how to play basketball but when they get to the nba they have no ability to actually use they have no they don't have the athletic ability to make it happen you kind of talked a little bit about jim earlier i think that was part of his problem is he could shoot the lights out but he couldn't really catch and shoot as well and he wasn't an athlete to separate another guy was from Gonzaga, someone who grew up Adam in the Northwest. Morrison, Good old Adam Morrison, the, the creepiest-looking superstar of all time. <laughs> but he could—he had a jump shot. He had an ability, a weird ability to just get buckets when he wasn't really getting clamped up by a, any sort of lockdown defender like a Tony Allen, a Bruce Bowen, any of those guys, and he's, he's stopped because he can't get away from them. He has no... I say he has no athletic ability as someone who's probably not barely hitting a 27-inch vertical myself these days, but <laughs> I rest my kids like you can't get away from these guys that are athletic, good defenders. You can be only so crafty before someone that's crafty and athletic is going to just stop you, which is what you see at the NBA level. Absolutely, yeah. He's one of those guys that was handpicked by, by MJ when MJ was still in the office, like still in the back office making all these moves and player decisions. You're talking about a guy that, you, you know, He's another one that knee injuries definitely didn't help him at all. He was already predisposed to some knee injuries before in college, and then you got to the pros, and you're just like, they're on a whole another level, Adam. Like, you can't just lead these guys to your van with the with chocolate anymore and fool them. Yikes. Like, that's not seriously. The only man that I can say is a superstar NBA player, probably a great individual too, but he looks like he's going to try to sneak you into his van with some chocolate. Yeah, that was not a very good. That wasn't a very good look for him. But he still, <laughs> what he did for that Gonzaga team, like it was an outstanding college season. It was so much fun to watch. I really kind of wish he could have had a better NBA career. Just, I don't. I don't say he wasn't built for it because that sounds like I'm insulting. But it's like some people just need don't have that extra natural gift that you can only do so much. Like when you're a guard, you have to be athletic, basically. Yeah, he 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 would have had to fill a role like what Mike Miller did. 
Um, and even that, Mike Miller was barely capable of doing because and that Mike Miller back. was like six seven, six eight, and kind of was able to stand in front of people. Where Adam Morrison was six three, six four, like he was a yeah. point guard sized. Which good luck staying in front of Tony Parker. Like that's what yeah. the other guard you had to stand in front of at that time. And he's part of that class too with Jimmer that and the Steph. You know, a year a year after Steph, or a year before after Steph. I think mean, it was a couple of years before. Cause I think but yeah, they're the same five year span where we saw some of the better guards coming out. As the uh, league was transitioned to a point guard heavy league as far as Kemba. Work. Yeah. You know, those type of guys. Kemba step back kid. Um you know, and you see all those 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 guys that yeah, you just you know, for whatever reason, it's athletics, it's no brain, or it's well just not quite athletic enough, right? You know, I don't Some people just can't some people aren't cut out for it. like you or myself could be the smartest basketball knowledge out there. We're still not going out there and putting up thirty, no matter if we know exactly what's going on. I will put up five on somebody. For no other reason than I can pretty much outweigh anybody and pack it down. Maybe you'll get maybe you'll get hacked ten times and can make five of them. Look, I could probably I could probably beat LeBron in a game to seven, and I'm just saying that because that man doesn't play post defense. And give me the ball first, I have a chance. Nah, nah. As long as it's make it take it. As long as we play on a really small court. And as long as he's completely incapacitated. Hey, you look, man. The, the guy doesn't play post defense. I have a chance. Yeah, he plays off-ball defense. He'll let you dribble, and as you go up, he'll fly to nowhere and smash your shot. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. He will stand there at the three-point line, and as soon as you start to go up, he will fly and take your shot out. Yeah, okay. I'd, I'd, we'd have like 17,000 more pictures of the block, and it would all be me looking up like, oh, no. There'd be one where he's jumping over you, and you, we could literally see his cup scraping the back of your head as he pins your shot against the black, against the glass. That's messed up, but you know what? As long as he signs the picture, I guess we're all right. Be the only time I'd be okay getting dunked on or being like jumped over by some man. I don't want to get teabagged, but if there's going to be teabagged by somebody, might as well be by a goat. Don't really know how to follow that one up, but <laughs> but no, guys, that does it for us today. Uh, DJ, any final words on this topic? Should be a fun NBA draft. Looking forward to the NBA season getting underway. We have plenty more NFL, MMA, soccer, MLB, plenty more content coming up as well too. Especially as more seasons start to expand and open back up, get some more interesting stuff coming along as well too. Absolutely. And, you know, if you guys haven't heard by now, we've said it every episode since it happened. Every Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern, we go live on the Unhinged Sports Network. If you don't have the link, it's in our we send it out every single day, 10 minutes, five minutes before the show starts. Click it. Take you straight to the website. Take you straight to the 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 network. All you got to do is click play and listen to our, our beautiful voices. Let us serenade you for an hour every Thursday. I know. I know. Hold on. And also, too, one thing we've been doing is if you have any topics you want us to discuss, too, reach out to our social media pages, leave a message, leave a comment somewhere. We've had multiple. We've had extra guests on before. We're always not opposed to having extra guests. If someone wants to talk trash, they have a topic they want to talk about. They have something they're strong about. Reach out to us. We could possibly get you on, too. Absolutely. It's Hilo Sports on Twitter and Hilo Sports on Facebook. Or Hilo Sports Podcast. However you you, you you want to type it in. As long as there's Hilo Sports in there, you'll find us. We're there. Um, we always answer. We're always responsive. But uh, until next time, guys, be sure to check us out every Thursday. And then 24 hours later, we'll post it up on Anchor. Um, check it out. But until next time, see ya.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.